Whispering in His Ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen, a new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. Often their faith stories would come out. I didn't seek them. That would be manipulative, but they would just talk about how God brought them through this or or how Jesus brought them through this or what their faith meant to them. And, uh, you know, any good reporter, if that happens, you don't have to be a Christian reporter to say, okay, that's part of the story. Stay tuned to hear how John Lundy left full-time journalism to become a communicator for God. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. This is Journalists Advancing Ministry, a new multimedia podcast about media professionals called to kingdom work. We explore their paths to ministry from media and ask the question, are journalists particularly suited for this? I'm your host, Yvette Walker, a former full-time journalist. Join me as we talk to reporters, editors, and other journalists who've answered the call of ministry. It's a special day for Positively Joy. Today, I'm sharing the latest episode of the Journalist Advancing Ministry podcast. I started the jam.online because as a journalist, I know I wrestled with my faith and my job. But I'm seeing more journalists turn to ministry and profess their faith. Listen, I truly believe in the importance of journalism, especially today. But I know God created communicators to share His Word. Today's guest, John Lundy, went from a 40-year career of reporting news to telling the good news of what God is doing in the world for TWR, a global digital company that spreads the gospel. Here's John. Hi, John. Thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk about journalism and ministry. It's my pleasure, Yvette. Thank you. Well, yeah, as I've described this, you know, I've I have a journalism background and I have found other fellow journalists who have either left journalism and moved into some kind of ministry work or like you uh, left full time, you know, news and information, traditional journalism to move into a media ministry. And the more I mean, I've just seen it around me thought it was really interesting and I'm finding more and more and the stories are always so fascinating. And so I would love for my listeners to get to know you a little bit today and find out what you're doing now and maybe, you know, when that, when that uh, shift came, but first tell us a little bit about yourself and your, your faith walk. Like how did you come to be uh, a Christian? Yeah. um, I grew up in a Christian home, Lutheran home. And so I had a a strong background in the faith. Really, in uh, my college years, I started meeting people who were 
um, talked more about a relationship with Jesus Christ, which uh, for me, it had been more of a, I, I don't know, almost a formal relationship rather than a friendship in a sense. And mm-hmm. so I, I really uh, grew in my faith in that sense. And, and I, I became part uh, in my 20s. Of, you know, I was baptized again as an adult. I've been baptized as an infant and and publicly proclaimed my faith in Jesus Christ. And so there's, there was no real, uh, no real abrupt turning point in my life, just more of a gradual shape, shaping and God revealing to me uh, new pictures of himself and a better understanding of himself, which, which is an ongoing process. It's, it's, uh, I, I'm learning every day, hopefully, or at least gradually continuing to learn. Oh, that's so true. And you, so the, the, the faith, the religion you were in when you were baptized, what faith was that? Um, well, I was, I, I was baptized into a Christian church, Churches of Christ mm-hmm. a church. So uh, okay. that was, until then, I was entirely Lutheran, and I, I really appreciate my Lutheran upbringing, but I've been in uh, several denominations and non-denominations since then. It's not unusual to see to see someone come from a more a more organized, um, shall we say, legacy, uh, you know, religious organization like Catholicism or Lutheran or because I came from Catholic myself uh, and then, you know, either be rebaptized into uh, an, either an evangelical or other type of, of denomination, mm-hmm. non-denomination, perhaps. Uh, as part of their faith walk. So yeah, so no, that's 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 not um, unusual at all. But what is unusual is because it's personal and it's and it's very unique to to us. And so um, those things change us along the way, and we learn more about our Lord through all these different experiences. Um, at this time, though, you were a full time journalist. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So tell us about, you know, yeah, that early, those early jobs and some of the, the jobs that you had as, as a journalist. Yeah, I think I worked at, let's see, one, two, three, total of four different newspapers. So not all that many, really. I, I started out um, as managing editor of a, a very small five-day-a-week paper in, in a little town called Attica in Indiana and uh, was there for a couple of years. I actually was demoted from editor to the one reporter position. That was by mostly by my choice. Um, and then I moved up to uh, Michigan City, Indiana, is slightly, somewhat bigger, and served there in a variety of capacities over about 15 years. Um, served as editorial page editor in a newspaper in Elyria, Ohio, for a couple of years. That's just outside of Cleveland. Um, and although I was only there two years, that was a really good job. Uh, but then I, uh, I, I had kind of fallen in love with Duluth, Minnesota, and I kept trying to get the uh, Duluth newspaper to hire me. On my third try, they finally gave up, and they they hired me of a copy editor position, and I, I served there for roughly 10 years, and then another 10 years as a reporter, mostly covering health um, for the Duluth News Tribune. So that's that's kind of a relatively short form my career. <laughs> okay. And you were covering, so that last position, you were covering health. And uh, what time period was that? 
That was, so I was laid off. I, I took voluntary layoff on, um, what was it, May 1st, 2020. So near the kind of the start of the pandemic. Um, uh, we had to, as, as many newspapers were doing at that time, we had to cut back on our staff. And, and of course I had uh, 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 seniority at that point, but those of us who had been around longer were given the opportunity to step aside and take severance. And at that point, I was already working toward what I hoped would be uh, a very late career uh, position with Transworld Radio, TWR. And, and I was planning to stay at the newspaper for about one more year at that point. But I thought maybe it makes sense to, to get out of the way of, of some really good, talented, hardworking young journalists and, and um, you know, with the severance and with after that, you know, unemployment benefits were fairly generous at that time because of the pandemic. And I thought I can I can do this. I can I can sort of take a gap year in a sense working working what I hoped I hadn't been I hadn't I didn't have a confirmed calling from TWR at that point, but what I hoped would be uh turning to that turning to that uh career, I guess I'll say. Mm, okay, and we're going to talk about TWR in a second. Um, so you, so you were a health reporter, let's say from roughly nineteen nine or nineteen. Well, let's see. No, uh, you uh, said ten, 10 years, twenty ten yeah. to twenty twenty. Yeah, mm-hmm. roughly. Yeah, yeah. So, so during that time, you probably covered. I mean, I'm just thinking of the health crises that that went on during that time. I mean, we we saw continued to see you know, the rise of diabetes and high blood pressure. We had, we had several, we didn't have a pandemic, but we had some, uh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure exactly when there were things like avian flu. And I mean, there were various things I think that have come out. I just wonder as a health reporter um, and a man of faith, when you were doing that job before you made the shift, did, did your faith ever not necessarily influence how you wrote your story, because as journalists, you know, we are taught to be objective and come at it from as many sides of the story as we can. But did did your faith help get you through any of the difficult stories maybe that you had to write or any kind of thing like that? Yeah, I think so. I, I uh, The paper was small enough that even though I was health reporter, I was also a general assignment reporter. So um, particularly, I, I usually worked the the late shift on Mondays, and so whatever came would be my story. Um, for a number of years, I was also the Saturday reporter, so mm-hmm. um, you know it would be the the fire and and the uh, you know the the occasional murder. Uh, Duluth is not a real heavy crime town, but but you know those things happen from time to time, and and sometimes they happen when you're on and and. Uh, so, so you're experiencing, you know, people who are just one of the worst things in their lives that's happened. But also as a health reporter, uh, you know, there'd be people who uh, I'd be talking to on the phone or in the first in person and, and they'd be in tears uh, because of this was, you know, a traumatic event in their life. Often their faith stories would come out. I didn't seek them um that would be manipulative but they would just talk about how god 
brought them through this or, or how Jesus brought them through this or the, what their faith meant to them. And, uh, you know, any good reporter, if that happens, you don't have to be a Christian reporter to say, okay, that's part of the story. I'm going to write about that. So I, I was, you know, I was, I was overjoyed when that happened and I could share uh, the sources, Christian perspective. But uh, again, I didn't ever try to force that to happen. It, it had to come from them, not from me. Yeah, absolutely. Were there times when you had a particularly tough story, whether or not you had to cover, you know, a robbery or aggravated assault, or even, I don't know, even maybe a murder or a death of some kind, where your faith got you through those difficulties? You know, I'm not really sure about that. Um, yeah, I remember, um, and it's kind of, uh, it sounds kind of shocking to even talk about this, uh, um, but but once when I I went to cover a, a, what turned out to be a homicide, um, um, and this doesn't usually happen, but the, the body was just lying there um, across the street from where I was standing and not covered or anything like that, and and uh, and I also talked to someone who I thought was, uh, you know, just might know what was going on, might be involved in the people that turned. I didn't find out till later that she was kind of the the center of the love triangle that, that led to the homicide. Um, and and uh, so, so one of my coworkers asked me, and very kindly asked me the next day if I, if I was okay, you know, and, and I realized that I, I was, um, so I don't know if that comes from, you know, trusting in Jesus or if it comes from having been a crusty newspaper reporter for such a long time that, that, you know, I, I was able to separate those things. Uh, it's, it's be interesting to know, but I don't really know the answer. to that. And you definitely are, you know, a hard nosed reporter because you correctly use the term homicide. <laughs> and, and I mentioned murder, and and I should know better because it's not a murder until it's if someone's found guilty of that. So well, you could... <laughs> I, I, I I think I think I used the term murder first, however. But uh, um, yeah, it turned out to be I, I just by happenstance I I ended up covering the initial hearing for the same situation. It was such an uh, you know from from a newspaper from a news guy's. Uh, perspective so interesting because the man who was accused um, had been diagnosed diagnosed with ALS. So, in a sense, the the impression that that was given in the courtroom was he didn't really have anything to lose. In a sense, mm, he mm. he didn't think he would live to see prison. So it, it was just um, just kind of an unusual case in that. The the cases that we cover, and I, I know it depends on what on what beat we have, but they are so varied and so you know like stranger than you know truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, and we yeah. you know many of us have experienced that. Um, there's some there's some recent studies that talk about the pressure and stress that that journalists uh, really meet. These studies don't talk about faith, but personally. I believe that those of us who do have faith are held in are held up 
by our faith. I mean, because frankly, I don't know how we would get through covering a lot of the stories that we have to cover and talking to the people at, as you said, at their worst, if, if we didn't have that. And, and as you said, you may not experience that in the moment, but that's just my personal opinion because we do often have to tell some very difficult stories. Yeah. And I, I think though, if you look at it, that's just true for life in general. I I think those of us who do have faith in Jesus, we kind of look around us at people who don't and we wonder how they, how can they do this? How can they uh, handle it? Uh, Because I can't imagine uh, handling life without, uh, without trusting God. It, It just seems like it'd be too hard in some ways. Yeah, it really does. So, all right, 2020, um, where is, was, did you leave in the middle of 20, had the pandemic already started or was it at the beginning? Yeah, the pandemic was well underway. We were, you know, we were still kind of in that stage where there was, not that there isn't now, but even more so than a lot of ignorance. I mean, we just didn't know that much about it. Um, and so honestly, that, those few months from say March, March and April, basically when I was, uh, I, I felt that my role as health reporter had never been more important than it was then. It was very gratifying, um, even though I wasn't always getting things right because information was changing so fast. I felt like I could give our readers uh, reliable information as opposed to a lot of what was out there. Um, but it was also just uh, extremely intense. Um I would, you know, I, I would, I would be working on a couple stories at once, and and then I'd realize, oh, I have to get this expense account in, and all this time emails are piling up, and most of them are are worthless. But but what if there's an email from one of the hospitals saying, and hey, we closed or such and such a wing today or, or whatever, you know? So you have to check the emails, and it just it was really intense. Um, it was, like I said, gratifying, but it was uh, one of the more stressful times of my reporting career as well. And you left in the middle of that. Was it difficult to leave? As you said, you had never felt perhaps more needed. Was it difficult to leave in the middle of all that? It was difficult. Um, and certainly if I hadn't had this plan in mind, I, I wouldn't have left. Um but on the other hand, I was really feeling the stress. And so in some ways, stepping away from it was was uh, uh, it was very nice to be able to do that and, and to kind of think, okay, I don't have to figure everything out right away because I do have this cushion um, uh, in terms of a severance. Uh, that was, you know, pretty generous, pretty helpful. So, yeah. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. So, and you mentioned the word plan, you had a plan. So when did you, and I don't know if you want to call it a calling or just an idea, when did you feel like there was a time when you wanted to leave the News Tribune and move to Transworld? 
Um, it's a really long story, and I'll, I'll try to I'll try to make it shorter than. Um, but I w- I would say you know coming out of uh, say out of high school, coming out of college, um, uh, even though in you know in my mind I was a Christian, but missions uh, was the farthest thing from my mind. Um, I was all for it. I thought it was a good thing for other people to do, but it's just, I, I saw myself working at a newspaper in a, a medium sized city, um, until retirement. Uh, and, and then, um, oh gosh, about 15 years ago, um, a friend of mine who had been in our, our youth group in our church in Indiana, um, had grown up and he and his wife were missionaries in Romania. And he called me or emailed me one day and said, Hey, we're having a, a men's conference on sexual purity. How would you like to come over and you know be one of our small group leaders? And I said, well, that's, that's perfect. Two things I know nothing about the Romanian language and sex. Um, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I said, okay, I'll come. And, and, um, that turned out to be really a, a life-transforming experience for me. I, I fell in love with Romania and the Romanian people, but also with missionaries and mission and and the idea of going. And I tried after that every couple of years to go on some sort of mission visit. It turned out somehow that I, I knew quite a few missionaries without even meaning to. And so I had quite a few people I could visit. And the more I did that, the more... I thought God was calling me. And then the question was, well, yeah, but what can I do? I'm not a doctor. I'm, I, I'm certainly not a preacher. I'm, I'm not an evangelist. Uh, I don't know. I'm not even good at languages. Um, so I was struggling with that. But I, I really felt that, you know, by this time, it was getting later in my career. So I was thinking, okay, what can I do later in my career? And um, I'll, I'll leave out a few steps here, except to say I... I came in contact with TWR, which I had heard of, but didn't know about too much. And I found out that they had positions for people with journalistic skills. And I'd looked at other things like, you know, teaching English as a second language, um, which I thought that might be the pathway, but that, that actually takes a lot of skill. You don't just do that. Um, and I, I don't really have time to acquire those skills. Mm-hmm. So why not use the skills that the talents God has already gifted me with, the experience he's allowed me to have. And then here's this great organization that's that's really having an impact worldwide. And they need journalists to tell their story. Um, so, so, you know, it, it was a, a long process with them, but it, it was positive from the get-go and, and a so here I am, having moved from Duluth, Minnesota, to um, Central North Carolina. <laughs> so tell us about T- TWR. What does it stand for, and what did the, what does it stand for? <laughs> yes, TWR stands for Trans World Radio. Um, I think it's been about oh more than twenty years that they actually it's officially still Trans World Radio, but they they branded as TWR um, partly because it is not just radio anymore. Radio is the heartbeat, the, the heartthrob of, of TWR, but there, there are many other mission or media areas that TWR uses now to, to reach the world for Christ. But, but originally, it was a fellow named Paul Freed. Um, this was back in the 1950s. God called him to evangelize 
uh, be a missionary in Spain. And this was in the Franco era and, and Protestant missionaries were not welcome in Spain and the doors kept closing in his face. And, and someone said, Paul, why don't you try radio? And, and so he was able to find uh, a station, a transmitter in, in Tunisia and Morocco of all places and uh, did some support raising and set up the station there and broadcast into Spain. And he soon realized uh, God was doing something very special. And although we got kicked out of Morocco in just a few years, um, by that time, Paul and his team had had explored and already had a place to go to Monaco, actually with a, a million watt transmitter that uh, had been placed there by, by Nazi Germany during World War wow. II. It was, yeah, it was supposed to be used for Nazi propaganda. My understanding is that it never actually was used for that purpose, although Hitler's minions tried to tell him that it was to make him happy. So here it was this million watt transmitter that was supposed to be used for Nazi propaganda, now being used to tell the story of Jesus Christ throughout Europe. So it just grew and grew from there. God just really blessed it um, and and blessed the ministry with, with extraordinary people that he called up. And, and so now we have, uh, with, just with radio, we're in, um, approximately 190 countries. Uh, we uh, speak speak about Jesus in more than 300 languages, and wow. um, we have a potential leader listenership. You know, if everyone who could tuned in, um, what is, I think it's four billion people that we we are capable of reaching, mm-hmm. um, including in places like Afghanistan and Iran and and you know Ukraine and Russia and Belarus. Um, you name a hot zone, a difficult place, and and we're able to be heard there. And on top of that, we we now do all sorts of social media and video and and all sorts of, of things to support the work of the church and to be the sometimes to be the frontline instrument um, for Jesus Christ when no one else can get there. Um, we like to say. Uh, hope knows no barriers, and and radio in particular, even you know the internet can be blocked pretty easily. Radio is really tricky to block, so um, we can get to places where we're not necessarily uh, wanted by the governing authorities. That is so awesome. I'm just going back to to Spain and the idea that Jesus' message of of love and faithfulness is you know going out you know, in a place that could have been spewing hate and all of that, you know, decades and decades before. So that's just really, it's really great. Now, what do you do for TWR? Uh, my business card says I'm a writer and communication specialist. I, I don't know what a communication specialist is, but it sounds good and looks good on the business card. So, um, <laughs> but I do uh, sort of what I've always done, um, in, just in a different context. I write, I I edit, I, I work with other writers um, collaboratively, just whatever projects uh, might might come to someone's mind. Um, our, 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 uh, our video wing is called TWR Motion. They're an amazing team of, I think, five, five people, five or six, um, who produce these really wonderful sort of animated videos that tell the story of Jesus in 
context of uh, you know that that Muslim people can appreciate. And now they're working because they've been asked to by a, a team of church planners in Thailand who said, "Hey, can you do that for a, a Buddhist context?" And so they're working on that. And I've been doing some research and writing for TWR Motion so they can concentrate more on what they do so well, and and I can get the information in, in their hands. Um, you know, during the Ukraine crisis, uh, the first weeks of that, uh, several of us were meeting at eight o'clock every weekday morning with our communications director in Slovakia, who was connected with uh, uh, our, our overseer for that region, who was connected to our team in Ukraine, as well as uh, we don't say with some contacts we have in Russia and Belarus. And so we were able to constantly update, daily update our donors and people who are following TWR and say, hey, this is this is what our team in, in Ukraine is doing. And this is this is how they need to be prayed for. This is what their circumstances are. Um, it was really uh, such an honor to be part of telling that story. So that kind of thing. Mm. And so you do, as you said before, writing a lot of research. Do you write any of the scripts for radio? Have you ever gone on radio yourself? No. Um, and God probably will uh, prevent that from happening because he wants the quality to be up there for radio. Um, I did do, no, I didn't even do that. I, I I think I did one voicing or something like that, but I'm not even sure about that. <laughs> we, we do have people who do quite a bit of that because we're, Kind of handy, but we have a different way of TWR called content, and those are the folks who are are producing the content for us. Although our content doesn't just come from us, and in fact, I'd say it primarily doesn't come from us. A lot of it is, uh, if you listen to Christian radio or Christian media, some of the things, same things you would hear in the United States. David Jeremiah. Uh, Tony Evans, Joni Erickson Tata, and others uh, translated and contextualized in many different languages. So the same quality programming is heard and, and understood in, in you know Southeast Asia or Africa or, or uh, the Middle East or Europe or whatever the case might be. Mm. So once I started uh, the first podcast, Positively Joy, you know I've I've been a believer all my life and um, been going to church all my life. But there came a time when I felt like I was not equipped to to speak about Christ. <laughs> like, okay, I need to I need to jump into the Bible more. I need to get maybe some training. I need to, I mean, I felt like I needed more education and which and which is something that I that I did. Um, did you have any any ministry training? Did they feel like they needed to um you may you know, I was raised Catholic and um, was probably not in the Bible as much as I should have been, even though I went to church all the time. So I've actually had quite a bit of an education since I got started, you know, doing that podcast. Um, just because I wanted to, I chose to, to become more educated and learn, you know, what his word says and all of that. In doing this job, did they, did they give you any education? Did you feel like you needed to to ramp up or were you already at a level where you felt comfortable? Yeah, I think uh, they, they didn't require anything like that. Um, what's uh, what's wonderful about serving with TWR here in 
uh, Cary, North Carolina is um, working with, with some you know, young people who are just getting started in, in mission service, but also with people who have been uh, with Transworld Radio for 30, 40, close to 50 years. Uh, there's, there's a gentleman who occasionally is, he lives in Florida, but occasionally he's in the office who was there almost from the first day of TWR way back in the 1950s. And a lot of the people who work where I work have worked in other places uh, in the world, Guam, Netherlands, Bonaire, um, Africa. And uh, so you learn an awful lot by osmosis from their stories. Um, they've lived lives that uh, more than my life have, have really their faith stories. Um, and so, so I pick up, uh, there's just so much wisdom around me that I can pick up on. But we also have, you know, um, a daily staff devotion time. And, and so that's another opportunity to kind of, um, for one thing, it's beautiful as, you know, as you know, from a newspaper career, you don't often in your newspaper work get to start the day praying with your coworkers, but but <laughs> that's what I get to do every morning at, at CWR. So so there's a but but not a specific um you know theological training mm -hmm. for this position now. Mm -hmm. So the idea of missionary really brought you into this. Um is that something that you have been able to do? Have you gone on mission trips? Um or do you want to go? With TWR, I have not. Um, so all my mission or vision trips uh, have been prior to this. Um, one of the things that that I said from the get-go, I, I actually um, originally applied for a position in Cyprus. Um, and one of my desires, uh, living in northern Minnesota, I, I lived among people who are a lot like me. And uh, God bless them. But But, you know, sometimes you get you want to be around people who aren't like you. And so, so the whole uh, cross-cultural opportunity I thought would be um, really exciting. And, and I was encouraged in the interview process with TWR to at least start here in Cary and, and moving from Northern Minnesota to Central North Carolina, I figured, well, that'd be pretty cross-cultural. Um, but, but I still kept saying, you know, I would like opportunities to see what's going out on the ground and being, you know, smelling the air and and, and seeing people face to face and, and feeling what it feels like. And you know that as a journalist, uh, you can do a lot of reporting on the phone, but there's nothing like actually being there. Um, so I've been, I've been uh, lobbying for opportunities to do that. I am going to go to uh, God Welling to Slovakia in September. And uh, there's a uh, TWR European Partners Conference that will go going on there. So I'll have the opportunities to meet with people from all over Europe and hopefully including uh, this just in my mind, but, but perhaps some of the people even from Ukraine and, and you know, kind of hear their stories and uh, get their perspectives close up. So I, I'd love to do a lot of that uh, during my time with TWR. Mm, I really, I really wish that for you. Thank so you. what have you learned? I mean, you were a journalist, traditional news journalist for year, many years. Um, what have you learned making this shift? 
Um, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think one, and I kind of knew this going in, but I, I don't think I uh, really knew it until I experienced it. It's a different thing when you're telling your own story as opposed to trying to to get someone else's story, if that makes any sense. Um, um, my newspaper instincts still always kick in. And so fortunately I work right across from a, another veteran newspaper journalist. Um, and he's been here quite a bit longer than I have, but he gets that. We, we talk about this quite a bit where, where something will happen, we'll, we'll, you know, you know this expression, Yvette, that's a story, you know, and so <laughs> so then the impulse is to say, okay, we got, we have to get that out right away. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not really, you know, central for TWR. It's to tell our story, but in a very careful way. Mm -hmm. And so what is a newspaper person, you know, it'd be online three hours later. For us, it may be three weeks before we can really put that in whatever package is appropriate and, and get it out. And that's that's uh, um, probably been kind of the biggest adjustment for me, getting used to the, um, there's quite a quite a vetting process. Um, it's not just writing something and an editor looks at it and it goes, it's, it often goes through three or four different layers. So it's all very good. Um, we, especially with our ministry being an international ministry and going in places uh, where, you know, our message isn't always welcome. We, we do have to be very careful. We have to protect the people who are out in the field. So I, I get it. Um, but it's, it's sometimes honestly just a little frustrating in the transition process. Mm, no, I bet. I bet. Um, so you know, you went to, and now remind me, where did you, where, where, what journalism school did you go to? Yeah, I finished, I, I went to a two-year community college in my hometown, and then I uh, finished at the University of Missouri in Columbia. Yeah, which is a, which is a great journalism school. Um, and I, you know, and I say that even though I work at another college <laughs> with a journalism <laughs> school, but I appreciate wherever there is, you know, great training. And, um, this kind of work is not taught in a traditional journalism school. Be, I mean, maybe, maybe in a private school, there might be some, but certainly a public school is not. Um, do you think that there is, um, that perhaps there are benefits to teaching students how to tell stories based, well, I guess, coming from, let's say advocacy, because there is such a thing as advocacy journalism, there's solutions journalism, advocacy journalism. Um, those, those ideas are relatively new, but I don't believe they're really taught in the traditional schools. Is there a need for that, do you think? That's a really great question. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer it because it's been so many, many years, decades, since I was in journalism school and I wouldn't recognize it today, I'm sure of that. I, I do recall in, in Missouri is a, a great journalism school and, and it does have many different facets. And I, I believe there was a public relations major. Of course, I wanted nothing to do with public relations at the time, but uh, um, so, so that would probably be close to, 
you know, at least training people to tell the story. And, and I, I remember even back then, I, I had the university beat for a little while. And, and so I was getting to know their people. And, and, and one of their guys said, you know, this is fine. Go off and do newspaper work. But when you want to settle down, you want to do public relations. You want to have a family. <laughs> you, you don't want to be running off after stories. You want to have that steady life of public relations. And, you know, what I'm doing at TWR, um, um, it's closer probably to public relations than anything else that would be taught in school. Um, mm -hmm. So, Did and you... I, I honestly, I learned a lot from, as a reporter, working with some really great public relations people. And I've tried to adapt some of what I learned from them, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's the other way around. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever think, oh, I'd be working in a a pseudo public relations role when you were when you were younger? Did you ever think that would be possible? Oh, not when I was younger. No, farthest thing from my mind. Yeah. But yeah. as I was getting older, you know, I I you know, I I worked with like a, a public relations person for one of the colleges or universities and 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 I'd think to myself, well, I, I could see myself coming to work at a college campus every day. And, and uh, but yeah, the first 10, 20 years, no. <laughs> so, you know, I'm burying the lead here. So, you know, maybe this is the most important question. Well, I found that many journalists, the ones that I know, and then ones that I've come into uh, conversation with, like you through an introduction, have made this move in some way from a traditional journalism career into either straight ministry, being a pastor or working for a church or something like this. You know, I haven't done any, any research on this, so I don't know if the percentage, percentage of journalists going into ministry is any greater than any other profession, but I do think it's interesting because of what we do. So why, in your opinion, why do you think a journalist would move into ministry? Wow, that is a great question. And honestly, it's something I accept that we heard from you. I, I never thought of or even realized, I guess. Um, so it would be interesting to know what the data show if, if anyone keeps that sort of data. Um, I imagine there's as many different reasons uh, as there are journalists who made that decision. But, you know, God uses used journalists from the beginning. They were Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and, and they had a great story to tell, and they they told it, and um, we still need storytellers to tell the story, and, um, you know, if we know how to do anything else as journalists, we all do it in different ways, but, but we're telling a story, and I don't know what your experience was, but in my experience, I could say that every journalist I knew truly wanted to tell the story right and and honestly and accurately they came with their own preconceptions and were all shaped by that so so sometimes the story that gets told doesn't come out maybe the way another person would tell it but i i i really admire the high standards of and the, the high work ethic of everyone i've encountered in journalism and um I, I think that uh, is not such a bad qualification for serving in ministry if, if the Lord calls a person in that direction. 
Mm, excellent. Well, I I want to we'll finish off our conversation. I like to ask people um, if there's a scripture that they stand they're standing on in this season, and and I know um, a scripture or an inspirational quote that you were kind of living by. Um, is there something that you have? Um, you know, there was a, a scripture in uh, Isaiah. I, I mentioned uh, Mark 9.24, which I kind of half-jokingly use. It kind of tells my story, which is immediately the boy's father cried out and began saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And, and a lot of times that kind of describes me. I do believe you, God, but I, I still have reservations and doubts. Um, but uh, I guess maybe we should leave it, leave it at that. There, Isaiah was really fascinating to me. Um, late last year and early this year. And there was one um, uh, verse in particular where it was talking about uh, God. Um, it was talking about the holiness of God and how he dwells in high and holy places. And all of that is expected in my mind, but then it suddenly shifts and says, and I'm also with the lowly. I'm also with the contrite of heart. And I thought, wow, that's our God. And that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be um, the Jesus follower who isn't just hanging around with other Jesus followers or people who are well off. Um, the, the people Jesus would go to when he was on earth and if he was here today in the flesh, you know, he'd go to the places that I might not choose to go to because he just he just loves the lowly and the contrite of heart. So. Uh, um, I'm, in, I'm inspired about thinking about that. Well, John, thank you so much. Um, I, I should have jokingly said, you know, your handle here is Psalm 150. I should have probably asked you about that one too, but there's so many rich things, but I, I thank you for what you're doing for the time that you spent with us today, but also for what you're doing uh, in this global effort to spread the love and the word of Christ. It's been a pleasure and honor to speak with you, Yvette. Thank you for the opportunity. 